Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything. Kratom. Good to have you all here with us today. Before I kick it off, I want to give a shout out to my man Tristan from Texas, who was on with us last week. Tristan, thank you so much for setting up this awesome Discord page. That's right, we have a Discord page. And uh, I will include a link to that in the description of the podcast and in the description of this episode today. So today I thought that we would take a look at the WHO pre-review report ahead of their October meeting where they'll be having the FDA submit their opinion on Kratom. I read through this yesterday and some things stuck out to me uh, that there were some things that, you know, were to be expected. Then there were some things that just stuck out to me as blatantly ridiculous. So I thought I'd go over a bit of both and uh, then wrap it up with a little bit of a disproving session. Or maybe it'll be intertwined. We'll see. So starting us off here, in the roots of administration and dosage section, there is absolutely no mention of dose sizes. (laughs) Let that sink in for a second. It it says routes of administration and dosage. And then it mentions nothing about dosage. It says, you know, Kratom is taken orally in several forms, chewing raw leaves, ingesting powder leaves, using it to brew a tea, creating an extract or decoction. It then says... Kratom decoction is often mixed with another beverage, cola, or cough syrup to create a Kratom cocktail in part to hide its bitter taste. Now, I don't know about you all, but I can't imagine a worse way of covering up a taste, the taste of Kratom by putting it in Robitussin. Yeah, let's put it in something that makes me gag so that it's easier to take. Are you crazy? Who's doing that? Okay. That's the first thing. They use... My beef with this is that if they're not even going to talk about standardized dosing or anything, what the heck? Now, I understand that people take different types of, of, you know, different doses of Kratom, but what I'm saying is later in the report... Part of the data that they reference or use in their findings thus far, their pre-review, is by them searching on the internet on drug forums and just looking at self-reports from people and drawing data from that. If they do that, then they can take two minutes and go to arrowid.org and look at, you know, average dose for Kratom. And it's the exact same thing. You're you're looking at a drug forum, self-reports. You could even like look at a bunch of self-reports rather than the Kratom index page. 
and just find the average of how much people take, you know? It would probably be a lot higher than most people actually take because it's arrowid, but, you know, they could do that. So no mention of dosage in the section labeled routes of administration and dosage. Moving on. This is getting into the sciencey part. Lucky us. Toxicology in mice and rats. Now, in my very elementary under- based understanding of uh, scientific experiments, LD50, I think, means the point at which the you know beings, whether it be animals or whatever, the point at which they uh, over 50% of them die with the amount of whatever it is you're giving them. So metragenine, LD50 in mice, 50% of mice die. When you give them 547.7 milligrams per kilogram of body weight. Okay. Let's do a conversion here. Don't worry. I used a calculator before the show. I weigh around 155 pounds, right? So that's 70.31 kilograms. If we were going to convert this situation to be one where I died 50% of the time or more, that would involve me taking 38.5087 grams of metragenine. Okay, straight up, metragyny. Then rats experience an LD50 of 4.9 grams per kilogram. That would be me taking 344.539 grams of metragyny. 344. I can't even imagine beginning to do that. Okay, and then the last thing that I pulled from here. 7-hydroxymetragenine was not lethal at even the highest dosage administered. However, mice experienced seizures and respiratory depression. I can totally see that happening. And I think that's important to take into account because when we get into the data later, talking about the deaths associated with kratom or where kratom is present, I can see how having a bit of a restriction on your lungs could help contribute to death. But I could also see how that lung restriction is probably potentiated by all the fentanyl and heroin that you also have in your body. Which happens to be so many of those cases, it's absurd. So, I do think that it's something we should keep in mind and not dismiss that that's a potential effect. But with the amount that people are taking, I don't think that's going to be the contributing factor to people's deaths when they already have all these crazy other substances in their body. Moving on. Adverse reactions in humans. This is from their pre-review. No clinically significant adverse effects or clinical laboratory or vital signs abnormalities were noted in 36 adult men who used Kratom regularly in Southeast Asia and received either a single oral dose of a Kratom decoction or eight daily doses of Kratom tea. All participants in the Kratom tea trial reported transient tongue numbness after drinking the Kratom tea. I don't know, everyone. This is starting to get a bit sketchy with tongue numbness? I don't know. can't really trust anything that gives me a numb tongue. Okay, in an observational study done in the early 1930s in Britain, because that's, you know, one of the only data points they can pull from, I guess. Five participants given oral metragenine acetate or kratom reported transient mild side effects at the higher doses, including giddiness, 
muscle tenseness, hand tongue tremor, stomach irritation, nausea, sleepness, and impaired motor coordination. I buy that. Makes sense. You take way too much and you're nauseous and shaky and sleepy. Uh, at least 3,859 cases of non-lethal adverse reactions associated with Kratom were reported to U.S. Poison Control Centers between 2010 and 2019. Uh, the reported cases have increased in 2010 of 26 cases of poison control up to uh, 1,218 in 2019. So that's something to pull from this. You know, it's one of the only things so far I've seen in this report or anywhere where it's like, we should, you know, pay attention to that. Like more people are calling into poison control, taking too much Kratom. Yeah, let's pay attention to that. You know, maybe it would take an education campaign. Uh, Tell people about it so that they know, you know, don't take too much of this. Don't get it from a vendor you don't know or can't trust, Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Totally worthwhile but not to blame for deaths. Okay. Among reports with information available, (laughs) this is how it was administered. So even while you're looking at these numbers that they're telling you, they haven't specified which, how many of these cases they have information available to them other than the fact that, okay, Kratom was involved. So they don't even have the details for all these reports that they're talking about. Among the 2,196 cases with Kratom is the only substance mentioned. 0.8% were considered as involving major clinical effects. In parentheses, it says including death. This is the sort of thing that we need to be able to see the data on and not, uh, you know, this 0.8% number and then saying, oh, by the way, we don't even have information available on all of these incidents. So this obviously, there's nothing concrete here. Like, I need to know more. There are more people dying from caffeine, right, everyone? There are more people dying from caffeine every year than from Kratom, even if this number's true and it's 0.8% of, you know, 2,000 people who happen to take, you know enough where they had to call poison control or they had some other substance involved that doesn't even come close think about prescription drugs how many people die from the things that they're even prescribed you know ay 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 anyway and we don't even know that this 0.8% number is accurate because then you end up seeing that pretty much all these cases have another substance in them the you know the real kicker is that it even mentions in the report it cannot be ruled out that that other substances weren't involved. Okay? It just says that they don't have the information in front of them to say that. Okay. Moving on. Dependence potential. So with animal studies, they repeated oral dosing of rats with metragenine um, and with a Kratom alkaloid extract uh, produced physical dependence as evidenced by naloxone precipitated withdrawal signs. These withdrawal signs were substantially less intense than those precipitated by comparable dosing with morphine. Repeated oral dosing of rats with metragenine did not induce spontaneous withdrawal after dosing was stopped. 
So it seems like there's a mild potential of withdrawal if you're giving rats and mice a concentrated dosage of metragenine twice a day for 14 days. That's what they found. Um, they said the withdrawal is very minimal and then with uh, rats it was non-existent okay human studies one clinical trial used the clinical opioid withdrawal scale to evaluate opioid withdrawal signs and symptoms of 23 Malaysian young men who used oral kratom several times daily for at least three years the clinical opioid withdrawal scale scores after overnight abstinence from kratom use or within 24 hours of taking a dose of kratom concoction were all 0.5 or lower indicating no opioid like withdrawal after a period of 10 to 20 hours of abstinence this assessment period may have been too brief to allow kratom withdrawal to develop given that self-reported withdrawal may take up to 48 hours to develop and the human elimination half-life of mitragenine is 23 hours and then it says in parentheses, albeit based on one study. This is just another example of why, you know, you're you're about to try and ban something that you have. You're literally you're pulling studies from Britain in the 1930s to try and prove a point, okay? And the studies don't even point the way that you're wanting them to to ban the substance. Come on, you know. It really says something about these huge organizations and institutions. So, just wild. Also, here you go. As of right now, the World Health Organization says it does not see major withdrawal issues with Kratom. It doesn't deny that there's potential, and it's shown that you can do that with rats and mice at high levels, maybe. But... They're not really, they don't have much going for them at the moment to ban it, in my opinion. All right, and then this is the final part, everyone. Evidence of death. Attributing causality to kratom in a kratom-associated death can be difficult for at least two reasons. First, identification of the two major active compounds, metragenine 7-hydroxymetragenine, can be problematic due to their instability over long periods at room or body temperature. Second, most cases involve multiple substances rather than only a kratom alkaloid. Okay, then it says this. A review of 156 published and otherwise identified cases found that one or more other drugs were present in 95.6% of the cases for which toxicology was available. The commonest other drugs were opioids, stimulants, and sedatives. <laughs> Why are you trying to call Kratom? You know, the the reason why people are dying or getting into trouble when 95.6% with the information that they are bothering to make available and scrap up and research involve opioid stimulants and sedatives. Really? All right, and then it says metragenine, 7-hydroxymetragenine, was considered as contributing to the cause of death 23% of cases, including the six cases in which no other substances were identified. 
Among the 152 cases reported to the U.S. State Unintentional Drug Overdose Reporting System, other drugs were present in 92% of cases, okay, including fentanyl, fentanyl analogs, which made up 65.1%, heroin, 32.9%, benzos, 22.4%, prescription opioids, 19.7%, cocaine, 18.4%, alcohol 12.5% and methamphetamine 8.6%. That's pretty much the sampling I wanted to pick out from this pre-review everybody. And my main takeaways are the research that they've done is mediocre at best. The data they're pulling from is incomplete, which that's not me saying that, that's them saying that. Their data, some of it at least, is very outdated. And it also seems like most deaths from Kratom at this point in history is because of the scientists who are injecting mice with metragenine at high levels. (laughs) Which I think is cruel, and I'm not going to get into that, but I mean, I love animals so much, and I think that's one of the most messed up things I've ever heard of, and I always hate hearing about animals being tested on in labs, so... I'm upset about the fact that they have done that. But if mice are going to die for research on this chemical, I want everyone to know what how much it took to kill mice. <laughs> and then the last thing I wanted to say is this, and this is polling from an awesome article written by Mason Marks, who is an assistant professor at UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. Um, he's also senior fellow Uh, at Harvard Law School. He wrote an article talking about how, according to the CDC, there were 1,807 calls regarding Kratom from the start of 2011 to the end of 2017. And he said that's an average of 258 calls per year. By comparison, during the same period, single-use laundry pods generated 12,157 calls per year. You got more kids dying from Tide Pods than you've got all people potentially even remotely having Kratom have to do with their death per year. Think about that. It says, or he says, using annual reports of the American Association of Poison Control Centers, I calculated the antihistamines caused 94,977 annual calls and pain relievers generated 294,812 calls. He goes on to say some people have died while Kratom was in their systems, but a causal link between Kratom and death has not been established. And then 2019, the CDC analyzed 27,338 overdose deaths that occurred over an 18-month period. Kratom was detected in 152, less than 1% of those deaths. But in most of those cases, tests also revealed the presence of drugs known to cause overdoses. Only seven tested positive for Kratom alone, and the researchers concluded that the presence of additional substances cannot be ruled out. So, just have to say, what the heck? (laughs) Anyway, let's all hope that saneness prevails. I've been hearing some things on the internet about how 
there's a little bit of call for hope. I've heard a little bit from the American Kratom Association that, you know, because the FDA hasn't filed certain reports that it might have a positive outlook, but um, I'm going to be cautious, right? You know, I'm not even going to be optimistic, just cautious. We'll see how it goes, but there's a little pre-review from the WHO. All right, everybody, thanks so much for joining us today and uh, have a great week. I'll be back tomorrow as usual and keep on keeping on. There's actually a link in the description of this podcast that you can click on to check out the Discord page. Again, thanks to Tristan, Texas. And there's also a link if you want to help support this podcast. I just started this up for all of you and for me and wanted to create a community. And so if you enjoy what I'm doing, even 99 cents would be super appreciated. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a good day.